I'm Sarah Seven, and you are listening to Tornado Radio, where we're all safe and sound in the eye of the unstoppable Central Texas music storm. Hello again, y'all. Today on Tornado Radio, Shanti Ann is going to chat with Scott Taylor of Storm's Eye, a band whose musical excellence and absolutely energetic vibe is the creation of bassist Luis Feliciano, Billy Dunn on drums, and of course, insightful frontman Scott Taylor. Welcome to Tornado Radio. Today I'm interviewing Storm's Eye. Their music is considered to be one of the best rock blues acts in Central Texas. Please describe the music of Storm's Eye. Storm's Eye is a, it's a musical journey that it never takes the same path twice. If we do, it's because people ask us to, but we have many different musical influences and we draw from very many different styles and we just mix it all up together and it works. Can you tell me what the history of Storm's Eye is? How is it formed and how has it evolved? Well, the Storm's Eye started with me and the drummer, Mr. Billy Dunn. He and I, we were both in the military. I was in the military and I knew... When I retired from the Army, I was going to start a project because I had chances to play while I was in, but you never can really start anything that can last because you always have to leave a place. But when I got here, I met Billy through um, my family, though he's not family, but you know, I met him through them and found out he was a drummer. And we jammed, and I was like, hey, we're going to start something real soon. And he was like, okay. So when I retired, we played a little bit while I was still on active duty. But when I retired, we started, you know, doing things at a greater capacity. Now, we we had um, and we met our first uh, bass player. His name was Daryl Arsenegas, and he played with us for a while and we jammed around. We hadn't started gigging yet. We were just still trying to get things together. And then we decided to do reggae. So we originally were a reggae band, and we had um, Octavius with us. I know everybody knows Octavius. He was our front man. He's a great guy. We love him like a brother. And that lasted for a while. And then, But, you know, I, my heart personally wasn't into it. I mean, I love reggae, and we, we still play some reggae today, but it's, I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to draw from, like I said earlier, all of my musical influences and everything that you know i listen to so we ended that project and then we started the storm's eye our sound now is a little more edgier because as you can see i'm a very huge Jimi hendrix fan so a lot of our music now is very hendrix influenced oh, cool. uh do you want to tell us what your musical influences were well uh, first of all, I, when I was younger, you know, uh, I, my my people in my family listened to a lot of blues. So there was a lot of B.B. King and Albert King and and uh, just blues. That's all I heard when I was a little kid. And then when I got older, you know, I grew up in the 80s. So all the music in the 80s definitely was a huge inspir- um, inspiration, like Phil Collins and a lot of those people. And then I started getting more into the rock and I started getting into uh, Santana and and then I was really getting into classic rock like Journey and Foreigner and all the super groups of the late 60s and the 70s. I, I feel like I was born too late because the music I listened to when I was a kid was way before my time. You know, I, I, I don't I don't think it was weird because you know, I, my family listened to all that old stuff. So it's what I knew. That's what I knew. You know, that's what I knew. And so started out as a saxophone player, believe it or not. Played saxophone all through junior high school. And then right when I became a freshman in high school, I was like, I want to learn how to play guitar. And that's because I was watching a lot of MTV. 
<laughs> Back when MTV played music videos. So I was watching bands like Guns N' Roses, and I was like, oh, man, I want to play guitar. And so that's what I did. I learned how to play. What is your favorite Storm's Eye original? Right now, my favorite Storm's Eye original is a song called Treat Each Other Right. And we are going to listen to that. Nice. Do you want to tell us about it, how it came to be, what the inspiration was? Today. <laughs> today. Everything that is happening okay. today inspired that song. I'm like, why are people treating each other so badly? Why? Why? You know, the political arena as it is today, it is what it is, you know? But all of these circumstances that we live with are temporary. They are going to change eventually. So why are you cutting people off over something that is going to change? Because nothing lasts forever. But guess what? Friendship, family, all of that stuff is supposed to take precedence over everything else because that's what's supposed to last forever. Not the circumstances that we deal with day to day because that person you're cutting off may not be there tomorrow. So why? It's okay to disagree. You don't have to, you can disagree with people and still love them. And this is something that people just do not understand. Well, they know, they understand, they just choose not to. And it's sad to me. So I had to write this song.
the single most important thing a person can do is take the extra steps, go the extra mile to understand the person that you don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Because you have to educate yourself about people. You got to educate yourself about people because your level of understanding can only match your level of knowledge. So if there's a limit to your knowledge, there's a limit to your understanding. So you have to reach out to people and be like, you know what? I'm not sure I understand your life and what you're doing, but I want to understand it so we can connect. And that's what you have to do. People have to be willing to do that. Everybody. Because if you're willing to connect and that person is willing to connect, even though y'all may be on the opposite sides of the spectrum, I guarantee you, you will find that you have more in common than you don't. You have more similarities. And, and most everybody in the world have more similarities than differences. That's a very important lesson I learned when I was in the military. and I had to go to different countries. You know, and spend uh, long periods of time over there. It got to the point where, you know what? I, I I had an epiphany, and I was in Korea. It was my first tour in Korea. You know, I was like, oh man, I'm Korea. Korea is full of Koreans. That was my ignorant thought. I was like, oh, there's nothing but Korean people here. It's Korea. So that's that's how I saw it when I got there. And then one day it hit me. I was like, this is dumb. They're just like, they're just people. Just like they, and I started looking, look, they do exactly what we do. They wake up, they have families, they go to work, they get jobs. I mean, and I was like, you know what? Everybody is the same. That was my epiphany. Because every human wants the same thing out of life. And, and I tell you what, if people can understand that simple concept, you know, things would get a little better because that person you hate so much wants the exact same thing as you do. And people won't see it that way, but we got to get to that. You got to get to the point where you realize it doesn't matter who a person is, what a person is, they want the exact same thing as you do out of life. And you don't have to agree with everything they do, but you have to support their right to do it. You know, and a lot of people that never leave the country and go to another country, they just don't fully grasp it. You kind of have to be there to really fathom the, 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 the depth of that type of experience. If you see me, see me walking down line. Baby, best believe. That I'm, I'm doing fine. And if I hear your voice, I'll cover, cover my ears. Cause you got me feeling away. I ain't felt in years. Don't bother asking my opinion Honey, you already know how I feel The day when you left me The day I needed you the most And I feel I feel like a ghost Cause you make me feel I feel like a ghost Like a good man I was there Each and every day But you know You could have been A better friend Along the way Maybe I 
misunderstood you or you let me on. Now you pretend that it never happened and I'm all alone. Just like that, hand me down sweater. Lost behind your dresser drawer. I am there, but you don't see me. Cause you don't need me anymore. And I feel, I feel like a ghost. Cause you make me feel, oh yeah, I feel like a ghost. Cause you make me feel, oh yes you do, I feel like a ghost. Cause you make me feel, whoa, whoa, I feel like a ghost. about some other Storm's Eye songs? Well, you know, we have a lot of songs that are, like I said before, that are very Hendrix, Hendrixy, mm -hmm. and um, and basically my, my lyrical content is usually about real life situations, you know, love and uh, current events and, and stuff like that. So I draw, I draw from what is happening around me because I can sit and write lyrics that sound good and rhyme, and it could be beautiful, but there would be nothing behind it. There would be no meaning. I wouldn't have an emotional investment in that song. So when I do that song live, I cannot convey any emotional content to the audience. So how can they connect to me if I don't have an, an emotional investment in that song? because they have to feel what I feel when I play it. And so that's why all of my lyrics are real. I, I write about real stuff, whether it's about me or what I see or a friend or something that somebody else is going through. That's how the connection is built. You know what I mean? Because somebody will be like, I know exactly what you're saying. Because I've been there. I know what he's talking about. You want to tell us about your song, Shooting Blind? Shooting Blind is about any person that works in a capacity of extended power. I'm talking about people that have the power to create change or to prohibit change. You know, it's all about you. Uh, once you have a certain level of responsibility to people, you have a responsibility to bring change and to make things better. You do. That is your job. That's what you asked for. That's what you ran for. And that's what you get paid to do. But it's like these people that get to that level, somehow there's a disconnect. They become detached. They're detached. So when they make decisions that don't make sense, it's like they're shooting blind. You see? It's like, what are you doing? Why are you making these decisions? This doesn't help anybody. You know, and we know why it doesn't help anybody because there's other things that have to happen for those people that already have the power. Because that's always going to come first. And the need will always be last every single time. We've been dealing with the same issues for 50 years, even more, longer than that. I say 50 years because I, that's in my lifetime. That's what I know. That's what I can see, you know? So, so I'm like, why? We have the resources. We have the capabilities. It's right there. It just doesn't happen because everything comes before the need. And this is what this song is about. 
you want I can't even see my casualties But you know I can't let that stop me Somebody's gonna die in just a matter of time Oh yeah, alright With so much power Comes a whole lot of fun I'm just a blind man With a gun With a gun But I do understand I am no vision But I guess I'm in charge I own destruction And I'm living large yeah. Can't you see that I'm just shooting blind Oh yeah Somebody's gonna die In just a matter of time
How long have you been writing your own music? Ever since I was a kid. Like when I was eight, my mom is a, a very skilled piano player. And I was eight years old and I would, she would teach me a little bit. I really wasn't that interested in it, but I would play because it was something musical to do. And like, that's what we had in the house, a piano. So I was like, oh, play around with piano. And I'd make up little silly songs as a kid. So it started all the way back then, you know? And so now it's just like breathing air to me, you know? It's like breathing air. Me, I write, a, I, stuff yeah. just comes to me yeah. like that. Yeah. And it can be triggered by something I read, something I heard somebody say, or something I saw. And I was like, you know what? That is an interesting concept. Let's look at this. Let's see what I can do. What message would you like to portray through your music? That's an interesting question because sometimes we're all over the place. <laughs> we send a lot of mixed messages, mm -hmm. but it's because it's for the crowd. You know what I mean? But overall, overall, my band is about having people be able to come together just for a little while and forget about everything that's going on Forget about all of that right now and just come over here with us. We're going to play. Y'all sit back, relax, have a great time, and enjoy it.
it comes to live music, it seems like you guys are everywhere. You must be full of interesting stories from your gigs. Care to share? Our gigs are really good. I love it when we gig because we are a max participation band. I will stop the music if people are not participating. I will stop. I will stop mid-song and be like, hey, why are y'all just, you know, what's the deal? Come on, I'm having a blast. I know you like what you hear. Don't be, don't be afraid to relax. We're here to relax. We're Look at it this way. You guys should be jamming with us. Yeah, we're playing, but you guys should be singing with us, dancing with us. Everybody should be doing what we're doing on stage. Just because you're not on stage doesn't mean you're not a part of this event. And that's that's our approach. We literally force people. Hey, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you just sitting there? That's great. Audience participation. I will stop a song. I will stop. If I greet the crowd and I don't hear nothing, I will greet them until they all greet me back. But sometimes it's hard to judge the crowd because you never really know who's listening. Because I've played for crowds and it just seemed like everybody was just like... But the owner of that venue would be like, hey man, everybody says they love you guys. It's like, really? I can't tell. <laughs> I couldn't tell. You know, but you know, sometimes people just want to relax and I know that too. You know, if that's, if that's the vibe I get from the crowd, then that's the way we play it. The worst gigs we have is when somebody is late. You know, like an hour late. And then I'm not going to, I'm not pointing a finger. You know what I mean? But it happens because it's, and it's, it's, it's not the fault of the person. It's because there's a circumstance. You know, there's a circumstance. Something happened. You know, oh man, I got to do, this is kind of an emergency. I'm going to be late. Those gigs, I don't. I'm not going to say there are worse gigs. I'll just say I don't like them. Because it forces me to to uh, adjust, and so I can't I can't do what I normally do. It kind of inhibits me from getting into my vibe. And we've done it before, but I'm hey, two people it is. That's what we're gonna do: is drums and guitar, bass and drums, uh, guitar, bass and drums, whatever. Who's ever there? We're gonna start the show. I mean, but I have a tablet, and I've got a lot of. Uh, tracks on there and i'll do i'll play the track we'll play the track until the other person shows up and and i've had to do it a couple of times and nobody minds but the show's got to start on time and we got to give the people what they can receive dipping out uh dipping out dipping out is one of my that's my one of my babies because i had something to say about me in that song you know dipping out is all about looking around and uh, just looking at where you are and then realizing, hey, maybe this is not for me. Maybe this is not my scene. You know? I dig it. I see what you guys are doing, and that's cool, but this is just not my cup of tea right now. So I, I, I just, I got to dip out, especially when you know there's some trouble about to happen. You, you can feel the vibe of a place when you get in there. And once you hit that door and you look around, something's not right, doesn't feel right, I don't know, I gotta go. Oh, 
about three or four years ago, we played at the MACT Awards in Waco. Nobody knew who we were. Nobody in Waco. We were just a new band, and uh, we went to a jam, and they were like, oh, man, we got you guys want to play at the award show? I was like, sure, we'll play. And I was thinking, oh, they don't know what they're asking for, because I'm going to bring it. And we brought it, and it was perfect. I mean, we just... Just the, the, the shock and awe of the people. They were like, who are these guys? And I didn't do that to prove a point. I just wanted to show those people, hey, we're a new band. We're a force to be reckoned with. You know what I mean? We're, we're about giving the audience top-notch entertainment. It's about the audience. It's about the audience. I feed off what I get from the audience. I, I want to see those expressions. I want to see those people smiling. I want to see everybody having a good time. And that makes us give more. Do you have any shows coming up? We actually do. We've got two, two dates in February. I can't recall them, but if people go to our Facebook page, they will be posted. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because I'm pretty good about uh, posting our gigs. And as of right now, we're booked at Pier 7 in Colleen. I think we got four days there between now and March. We do have gigs on the on the calendar, and we're going to be adding some more real soon. If people just go to the Storms Eye Facebook page, they'll all be on there. Where else can our listeners find your work? As of right now, nowhere. Now we do have, um, we do have videos and stuff on our Facebook page. But our music is not 
available for download or purchase as of right now because we're just now getting ready to do our EP, which probably by summer it should be ready. All right. If uh, you know people follow our Facebook page, I'll be putting updates on you know the scheduling and the release and all of that good stuff. Uh, well, thank you for taking the time with us today. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure is mine. We wish you great success in the future. Uh, I, I will accept that. <laughs> I, I will accept that positively. Hello again, all you out there in Tornado Radio Land. I am here in downtown Belton at Arusha's Coffee and Tea House, home of the Bulgogi Taco. Korean, Mexican, makes me glad I've lived so long. It's actually really good, the Bulgogi Taco, and also the St. Shrooms, not bad either. Okay, so I am here with... Matt. Okay, and we're talking about social media and the role it plays in our lives, I guess. And I mean, some people are pretty much addicted to it, including a certain former head of state. Are you a big social media user? Not terribly big, but I do have a, a Facebook and an Instagram account. I maybe log on each of them once a day or so. So what do you do to keep it in balance with the rest of your life? I mostly the rest of my life just kind of takes over. I work a lot and uh, have a kid. So that usually uh, prevents me from uh, getting on my phone too much. Okay, so having a life, that's one way to keep social media in check. Okay, what do you do to keep social media in check with the kid? I mean, honestly, we do take a lot of pictures with him, uh, my wife and I, so that is one of the main reasons we still keep social media. I, if we didn't have a kid, I, I don't know if we would, but it's one way to keep in touch with our family. I don't keep in touch with all of them all the time, so social media is a, a good way to do that, I suppose. What are your thoughts on, like, blocking people? Is that something you've ever had to do, or uh, how do you feel about that? Never blocked anybody um, that I can remember, but I have hidden some some comments and posts from, especially with the, this last political cycle. I just it was a little too much for me to uh, intake sometimes. So I would I wouldn't block anybody, but I would maybe hide some of their stuff because I just don't want to constantly see that. Yeah, and it will probably spark a bunch of oh, yeah. arguments too. Oh, it did. Yeah, I'm think I, I'm thinking you're not alone <laughs> yeah. with the whole political thing. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering why people get so stupid <laughs> yeah. about politics on the internet. There's no no filters on the internet. And yeah, there's something about it. I am here with Megan and Bethany. Are y'all big social media users, or kind of steer clear of it, or? I, yeah, I kind of am. I probably shouldn't be as much as I am, but I really like it. And I'm like, to me, like, the involvement with like, just connection with like my family and friends and everything. So that I, that's why I'm always on it. But I think that's how it is for a lot of people. And you? Yeah, I use social media, um, but certain types I use more than others. Um, so I use Instagram more to connect with my friends, Facebook to connect with family. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> So it's kind of a generational thing, I'm noticing. Because, yeah, younger people, Instagram. I'm all about the Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Snapchat yeah. too. Snapchat's more the, like, the Instagram and Snapchat's to connect with my friends. So I'm like, especially Snapchat, because it's always, like, pictures back and forth. Like, hey, what are you doing? Like, stuff like that. So, what's up? Do you have any social media horror stories? Oh, this one time? Well, this is more like a Zoom social media one. So. <laughs> Zoom is social media now. Thanks to the quarantine, it is. Yeah, thanks to COVID. So I was in a meeting, um, and the meeting was kind of winding down, and so I thought I'd put myself on mute, and I was sending a Snapchat video to one of my friends. And so I started, like, fake griping at my friend, like, how could you do that to me? I'm appalled. And then all of a sudden I hear who's speaking right now and I look down and I'm still in my meeting and I was not on mute and I was like I am so sorry that was a joke and so I got all of it on my snapchat video and so highly embarrassing but it's okay I recovered <laughs> oh yeah definitely like I think there's like an instance and not to go into too much detail but like just with in not with my like personal family but my um sister-in-law there was like an issue one time with like 
her and like her family members and it kind of like something that should have been could have been dealt with like just with the family it was, it was like taken to facebook and social media so then that's like in front of everyone so i feel like that's like probably causes a lot of problems too and then like so the whole world knows right, right yeah. exactly and then like another thing it's like miscommunication like you could post something like my uncle once posted something and then like it was kind of basically like seemed like it was like a direct like attack at my mom so then she was like well what the heck was that so it's like you can just misinterpret things especially on the internet so I feel like that has caused certain problems with family and stuff but are, are you talking about like because it's all just text and it's not tone of voice and there's right. no yeah, yeah. And, like yeah yeah for sure that has a lot to do with it yeah so um, I would say a good example of that are um, neighborhood Facebook groups because people can be so petty um, where it's like, you know, it's meant to be like informational, like, um, you know, reminding people of the HOA rules and stuff like that. But it's gotten to the point where I feel like all of them are full of drama that's, you know, that could be avoided if people would just talk to each other directly. Um, and so, I don't know, that's what I think of. Well, and blocking people, because it seems like more people have blocked people over politics than anything else. What do you think people block people the most over? I think drama. For sure, drama. Like, when, when stuff gets started and drama gets started and people get hurt so easily, so it's like, all right, I'm just going to block you so you can't see my stuff, I can't see your stuff, and we can't interact anymore. It's just like a w quick, easy way to be like, all right, you're out of my life. <laughs> yeah, would people do that in person? I think people are less confrontational in person just because of the nature of social media and it's so easy to just, you know, block someone or, yeah. you know, do that. And so I think people um, are less likely to say, oh, let's stop talking um, than, you know, actually blocking them. I think with um, social media, there's, you know, a lot of good that can come from it and also a lot of bad. Um, and so people should be careful, um, especially parents, like, letting their kids have social media um, because, like, they're younger and younger getting it. And I think, like, oftentimes it's linked with depression. And so I think uh, just use it wisely and, you know, use your discernment with it. <laughs> I don't know. So I am here with Virginia. Are you a big social media user at all? I wouldn't describe myself as a big social media user, but uh, maybe others would. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm on there. I do more stalking than actual engagement. So when I look at like my screen time, it gets me a little worried. I wonder if people realize that that happens. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I used to be a little more active in my posts, and then, you know, everything started to get so political that I just sort of noped my way out of there and, and took a step back and just started reading and hiding people and uh, watching what was going on. And occasionally I'll post something fun and light, but it doesn't happen as often as it used to. Where do you think social media is going? Uh, hopefully down the shitter pretty soon is what I would hope. I just, I would really like for just everybody to disengage and realize that these platforms have morphed into things they weren't really intended to be and just sort of give it up. I'm starting to head that direction now, I think. I think the first step is stepping away from engaging so much. And then the next step is stepping away from scrolling. You know, just remove yourself completely from it. I would hope that the next generation would look at certain social media platforms and realize that by, by that point that they're outdated, hopefully, that they'll think they're kind of nonsense and silly. It's not actually all it's cracked up to be that everyone can look into your personal life. This issue of blocking and, and banning, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, these are private companies if they want to block or ban, but at that point you are kind of, you're... You're forming your own audience and you're kind of forming uh, the group of people that you want to be on there. Again, that's just one more step toward people starting to show animosity toward these social media platforms. Feeling like they can't be free to express whatever they want and 
Honestly, they probably shouldn't be able to express whatever they want if it comes from a place of hate or violence. But that's a big burden for these companies to bear and to try to figure out what to do because I don't think it was ever their intention. I don't think they ever realized this was something they were going to have to be figuring out. Point right? I mean, they kind of built a structure that was perfect for spreading messages of any type. So now they've got to start censoring messages. And uh, as much as it's something that they have to do, I think maybe it just shows that uh, social media should not be around and should not be a means of spreading messages. There's what the big companies do, and then there's this whole culture of canceling and blocking that individuals do. What are your thoughts on that? You never really do know the full picture through social media. But if I were trying to get out a message that I thought was important and maybe it it clashed with uh, mainstream ideas or thoughts and I ended up getting censored or canceled, then yeah, I might might feel some type of way about it. I haven't blocked anyone, but I've hidden a few people from my, from my feed. Yeah, uh, my father being one of them. I think that if I have any piece of advice uh, for people out there, it's to hide your parents on social media. <laughs> it just makes for a better relationship. All right, so I am here with... Heidi. Okay, Heidi, are you a big social media user? I have 200 followers on TikTok. I mean, that's it. Okay, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, what other social media do you use? I use Instagram and Snapchat. That's about it. Okay, so you don't use any of that old people stuff like Facebook? Nah, Facebook is old. Although my mom uses it, and when she uses it, she like searches up the most weirdest things. Like, She likes to search up pictures of dogs doing the weirdest things, like... When dachshunds, they put two behind a tree and it looks like it's one big dachshund and she just sits and laughs at that. How about YouTube? What do you think of that? Oh, I'm on YouTube all the time. Like, I watch funny videos. I, want, I like to watch funny videos. They're my favorite. Um, do you have any social media horror stories? Nightmare scenarios? There was this one guy who kept, like, messaging me and he was like, Hey, cute. And I was like, okay, you need to stop. And he kept bothering me. And it was like this Indian dude and he kept trying to FaceTime me on Instagram. I was like, what the heck, dude? And then I called him and I was like, you know, you really shouldn't be torturing a child. And he was like, wait, you're a kid? It's like, um, yeah, you really shouldn't be doing this stuff. And then I hung up and he just stopped talking to me. And then all these Indian guys were following me and I was like, oh, how are they? What? Why? 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 They like, did he give your info to like 50 or 60 of his closest friends? Sure. I, I hope not. That would not be good. Have you seen any kind of things where social media has like messed with people's families or lives? Um, there was this one live. It was her. She was a celebrity. She's rarely famous. She's got over 100 million followers on TikTok. And people were screen recording because they never see her crying. And she was crying because, you know, people think that her life's perfect. And she and people were mad at her because she was going to the Bahamas during COVID. But she, but she told them, and then she deleted the video, and I saved it, that she went there to try and kill herself. So that just proved, like, all these fan pages were like, dang, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Because usually celebrities, they're hiding something. They're hiding a secret. And her secret was that she has severe depression. Yeah, a lot of thoughts there. Don't even know. Yeah. Stories of like cyberbullying and they end up killing themselves because they just can't take it anymore and it's really upsetting. Like every 40 seconds somebody commits suicide and it's really upsetting. How do you think social media is changing the way people interact? Because it's not in person. Now that it's COVID, it's a bit better if you know the person because it's online. But to be honest, nobody ever does regular things anymore. If like something happy happens, they have to record it, or and they never just save the memory. There's good and bads to the internet. Yeah, for sure. You can yeah. learn a lot, and you can also your life can get destroyed. Yeah. Okay, I am with Andrea Benjamin. Okay, so thoughts on social media? Love it, hate it, and between. Do you use much social media? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. I use it for work, and um, formerly I used it a lot for pleasure. What changed? Um, I am a strong proponent of freedom of speech, and I, I feel like a social media is trying to control the narrative and control what we see. And I want to make my own decisions based on information. I'm tired of them censoring things that have nothing to do with illegal activity.
So I, I felt like Parler was at least giving people another opportunity to share some more conservative views. Not necessarily that I only want to support conservative views, but it was the other side of the narrative. And AWS, which is Amazon, took them off the air. I think they've gotten to the point where they're almost a monopoly. And I think something's got to change. They, they own so much of the servers that they can control who's on there. And therefore, again, they're controlling our freedom of speech. Any thoughts on what's happening with families in, in terms of like people blocking each other? And Recently, obviously, our election was pretty volatile. And I think a lot of families divided over things that maybe there was a lot of common ground that we could have come to if we had talked about things instead of being so polarized. And I don't think that's helpful. People will be quick to post something that maybe they wouldn't have said to someone they love and care about, but their entire family and their friend group is on there reading their post, which they would, again, not said to them directly. So it, it's kind of dangerous. Well, there you have it. A lot of good insights. And one of my favorites was something that uh, Scott had to say about just how to navigate this strange life we're all living. So I'd like to close out the show with that. But first I got to just say, as always, peace be with y'all. My complete thought is people need to just relax, chill out, you know, think about what's important. And you know what's important? Your life and the people you love. The world is too big for you to try to change it all by yourself. So the most important thing you can do is take care of yourself and the people that are immediately connected to you. That's what you got to do.